everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, hello and welcome to LOI Central. Two long weeks without a show and uh, we are remote this week. Uh, I'm in the south of the country, which is a little bit appropriate because uh, even though I didn't actually meet him, I interviewed uh, Billy Dennehy uh, and as you find out, he did invite me to uh, a bar that he has some association with in Tralee and who knows what would happen on this trip as I uh, edged from Cork into Kerry and uh, took in a League of Ireland story along the way. So I spoke to Billy Dennehy about the potential addition of Kerry FC's League of Ireland next season. I think this is an interesting intriguing development in terms of um, a new club, a new entity that might come in. So that's the kind of the centrepiece of the show uh, with myself, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. And we are in association as ever with Future Ticketing. Um, thanks to Future Ticketing for its continued sponsorship. Uh, Porterhouse Brew, we're giving away four beers this week and we will have a winner as well from last week's, um, or for two weeks ago. The question, of course, uh, the answer was Colin Healy. Um, and Colin Healy's Cork City uh, orchestrated a big win over Galway United since I was last on. And since I was last on, on Dan Collar and Cuff sorted me out obviously uh, with the uh, suit for the wedding and if you go to Collar and Cuff you will get a free uh, shirt and a free tie with your suit but you do well to look as well as I did to be fair is, is that fair to say? Well I mean I don't know reaction. I'm not sure if it's fair or accurate to say it but you did look quite smart um, Georgie the, Kelly buzz a row among those giving me a bit of kudos on Instagram yeah, like I, mean, I don't know if people can find your Instagram, but uh, I'm not sure if it's still up there. But I have to say, you looked you looked well, borderline smug in terms yeah. of the pose. It's almost like you're almost like here I am in my perfectly fitting suit at a wedding in 2022. You know, I, I'm turning 40 this year, but you know what? Life's going to be okay. I don't look it. That's basically that's what your pose said. Yeah, that's, that's basically. What, but um, smoke actually isn't complimentary, but still, you know, like you sort of look like. Um, Looks like you were you were a man happy with his lot. It must be said. So uh, go, go to collar and cuff, and it, it too can bring you that happiness. As can beers, uh, which the Porterhouse Brew will obviously be giving away every week. And uh, yes, we'll give away four. Dan has a question which relates to the Billy Dennehy interview. Uh, it's been two weeks, Dan. What's been going on in your life apart from a trip to Yerevan that was quite grim? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the trip itself, I must say, was very nice, and it's um, it's a. It's a, it's a very interesting part of the world. I know we're like-minded souls in terms of uh, traveling. I think, to be fair, a lot of the listeners to this show would probably be that way inclined, you know, from following various clubs. And I would have sort of encountered a couple of uh, sort of one or two pod listeners along the way. Um, so it was a lovely trip apart from the game, you know. Um, like I, I think there was some chat about it, actually, because um, Derry City, I think, played Punic um, from Armenia back in what uh, the year they replaced Shells in the Champions League which would have been 2007 John Robertson would have been the manager but um, whatever way they, they structure or regionalise the draws we, we've pretty much missed Armenia really um, in, in, in the intervening, intervening period pretty much you know there's been a couple of underage games there um, but I mean it is a, it's a long way away but it's a, it's, a, it's a nice place to visit I'm probably you know Traveling around the place probably gets gets your eye back in for the the fact that next Tuesday and Wednesday we have the European draws for the League of Ireland clubs. So, um, you know, it's the first time in what in two years that the fans have been able actually three summers. We think about it because twenty twenty, mm. of course, was there was no no travel. I know some the dog fans and few fans were able to travel to to games last year, sort of uh, under the radar, so to speak. But in terms of a proper a shared experience there'll be fans of four clubs looking forward to those draws next week 
Um, so that that's coming around the tracks. But I, I don't think we're, we'll dwell too much on, on Armenia, Ireland. Um, we have Ireland, Ukraine tomorrow. I'm sure next week we might have more of an international discussion um, wrapping up what's happened. But yeah, I, I, you know, I have since we since we spoke last. Um, that's 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 been the sort of the main the main focus. I did get to go and see the twenty ones as well on Monday, which is I mean we had Jim Crawford all earlier in the year. So I think sort of regular listeners will be quite invested in their journey and obviously Alan Reynolds, John O'Shea and uh, the rest of the staff, uh, a lot of whom would sort of have you know legal Ireland, League of Ireland connections in some shape or form. And um, great win for them. Yeah, there was, a, there was an interesting moment where Andy Lyons come on and he got a few sort of ironic boos as well <laughs> later in the game. So he might have been in Tala, but there was a few Bose fans there. And I think I saw a reference that Dawson DeVoy chipped them in a, in a warm-up and there was a bit of bit of banter about that from a couple of fans watching on. But uh, Liam Kerrigan, very good. Yeah. Um, I gather there was all sorts of agents and, and various characters um around the ground and the hotels around the ground before the game doing business and seeing what's going on and, and, and Carrigan has obviously won I mean you look at it you will Smallbone uh, excellent player you know Southampton Premier League experience Connor Noss there has played in the Bundesliga um, you know a couple of others Mark McGuinness very well exposed sort of championship level I mean uh, not exposed in the found out sense I mean he's got lots of games there and stuff then you have this 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 player who's coming out towards the end of a scholarship and education and mm. I mean, he's he's ripe for 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 clubs to be interested, and in. and as I said, I'd be surprised if he stayed in the league. But every good club in the league would want to keep him in it. Um, but he was good, and that's obviously it's also been sort of a involvement of various players at, at lower underage levels as well too. But the twenty ones is certainly a good story. Brian Maher, very good with his distribution, and um, it's a huge game, huge game next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, a few things have happened since we've been on last. I mean, we yeah, well, like, I was, I was, at, I was, at, I was at, well, like, I was at Terryland Park for the Cork City game as well. It seems like a long time ago now, but um, people want to, we want to clarify to people, sorry, just people suggested that last week's non show might have been in some way related to events in Galway. Can you just refute that now with absolute certainty? No, but at the same time, I probably was supposed to do like um, late night LOI that night uh, with the off the ball lads or whatever. And I couldn't get a lift back to Dublin at all that night. So I just went to basically McGinn's and said and drowned my sorrows. But it was one of those games now where I was really, really annoyed because um, it was a game that was obviously so important and Galway United surrendered the advantage with one shot, an unbelievable goal, like an unbelievable goal. And Cork City did a job on them then. They just parked the bus, basically, went down to 10 men, did a job on them. And I, the disappointing thing was, it was such a big crowd at the game. There was such a buzz. And and that night, if you remember, and um, there were just, it, there were some bizarre results. So Dundalk beating Pats wasn't a bizarre result, but Dundalk have suddenly emerged as a team, the, 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 the clear seconds team in the League of Ireland. And Derry couldn't beat Finn Harps, struggled to beat Finn Harps at home. Bowes drew against Strada, um, and obviously Sean Crovers beat Sly, or Shelburne that was expected but the, the, the Derry City um, kind of wobble I wasn't forecasting at all and then you did a story which effectively said that Notts County win for Rory Higgins but he wasn't interested yeah that's correct yeah um, uh, look I mean it's it, there was definitely uh, interest there but Higgins opted not to, to go any further with it um, these these debates you know I find like if you do a story, it's Stephen Bradley to Lincoln one as well. It's very similar. Like you, you do a story that involves the fan base of an English club, and then invariably it turns into a bit of a back and forth between, um, you know, fans of say Lincoln or fans of League of Ireland club, but one saying your level is below our level, and it just goes into a sort of a 
you know, a, a sort of a messy one, a bit like after these Ireland games on a different level, like after mm. the Armenian game, the people who come out of the woodwork who actually just love abusing Kenny on, the, on account of his League of Ireland background. And it's just so, so weird to me. Like, I mean, it's, I completely understand people's disinterest in the League of Ireland. There's a lot of reasons for that. But the hatred is a weird one for me, I have to say. You know, the hatred comes from, the hatred comes from somewhere. Um, I always remember uh, being in Georgia for an Ireland game. Like, I think you were at that one thousands of miles from home. Some fella stopped me in the street. I was like, oh, you know, like your work and that type of thing. But like, I, I wish you'd stop going on about League of Ireland players. I was just there looking at this going, you're after traveling like thousands of miles away to watch an Irish football team play. And is it not in our interest for this to be better? Like, you know, and maybe, maybe some people in the past life or in their life have been mocked or, you know, have been annoyed by sort of smug League of Ireland fans who can sometimes take the moral higher ground because of their, you know, the sort of purity of their existence. And I suppose we all at times have, have, have can say things and, and post things that probably plays to that. But um, I do find it a weird sort of a cultural aspect of the Kenny debate that the people who really, really almost seem to just, in some way, are they threatened by the idea of a League of Ireland guys succeeding? And that sounds mm. paranoid. Um you know, and like I understand, by the way, people have, might have a sincere view that someone from the League of Ireland background isn't good enough. Just possibly people in the League of Ireland who feel that way. But it's it, this stuff, how it's expressed, is weird. It's all these ghost accounts. But anyway, that's yeah. the by the by. The, the, the Higgins thing, um, not the county are, are a big club, though. I mean, this is the thing. Oldest club the, in the world. And yeah, some people, that's disputed in some ways by, by, by someone else, but certainly the oldest professional club. Mm. And... Um, this is the thing, they're a fifth-tier club. But by it's funny, time, Nottingham Forest are just back in the Premier League and they're in the fifth tier. Yeah, and like I've been to Nottingham and, and you know, the, the crowds, they potentially would get be unbelievable. Um, and, you know, Yaros ended the season there, Michael Doyle was there. Um, it's a club where Will Patching and Graham Burke have spent time. Like, it is a proper, proper big club and yet they're massively underperforming. And I think that's, it's interesting. I, the sense I got was that it was analytics and stuff that brought them to Derry mm. and to Higgins. That, that um, you know, the, the sort of, the, the, they're aware. This is one of the things you hear people talk about. The league is now, there's much more exposure to stats about the league. So as a result, you can learn a lot more about the, the personalities within it. Um, that's why they like Bradley as well, because they liked, you know, yeah. they liked that style of football. The, fu- the yeah. funny thing is, though, like Rory Higgins is enough to be worrying about at the moment because Derry slump is, I, I can't get my head around it. No, it's, 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 it's mad, really. Like when you consider that they drop points in a couple of games while playing well, but it just seems to have completely knocked their confidence and their ability mm. to, to build on it. And they, de- I mean, they desperately needed the break probably as much as anyone, you know, and it's probably no harm, I think, in that environment to, get a bit of time away and just just come back. And I think they will strengthen in the summer, probably personnel-wise. And they have Europe coming up as well. And I do think Europe's kind of a great galvanising ability on all those clubs. Now, it can go the other way. Is We'll talk about Sligo, obviously, the second Sligo Rovers. But I mean, Europe being knocked out of it last year killed them. You know, it was a hangover from that. And they, maybe Liam Buckley never got back from that. Mm. Um, but but um, I think for Derry, it's a really, really bad blip. Um, I still feel they'll come second, I have to say. Um, but what the dog have is a sort of a weird one, really, where, um, you know, from chatting to people around the club, I think, like, the squad and the players don't don't particularly feel the squad and the players as obviously the same people. Um, but, Not you know, the, getting the, the credit they deserve. Well, I mean, that's... No, no, I don't think that's... Well, maybe that's an opinion that you've, you've encountered from people. Well, I um, definitely have. 
well, okay, that, that, that leaves it open to interpretation um, who that might be from. But um, certainly what I've heard is that they feel that they haven't really hit the heights that they can as well. Mm. Like the, the, the last game before the break against Pats, they didn't really play particularly well. Um, they, they, but they won. And they, like, you know, that's Dan, not, I was thinking not, of like managers going on holidays and there were a lot of League of Ireland that seemed to be in Ibiza and all of that. Like a lot of the managers went into the break like probably deeply ruminating over not being particularly happy with the way things are going. And Tim Clancy's team are now fourth. Um, they're six points behind Dundalk with a game in hand. Yeah, I mean, like as I said, I, I, we might have said that in our last show. I mean, I know we've had our own little private discussions around this. Like, um, like to me, like Dundalk, their whole year has been making Europe. Because if they get back into Europe, that puts the club back. Because they're going to be, they'd be, they still have their seeding, which yeah. they can't really face. So it really gives them the opportunity to to be in a very strong position in Europe. And I say strong position. I mean, you're going to be in the Conference League. You can be unlucky. But you can make an extra half a million quid, like, you know, with a couple mm. of good draws. And that means a lot to them. Because I think they, they, they've got reasonable backing behind them in such a way that they'll be secure. But I think European money would be nice bonus money. And that could really push them on. So I more so think it's next year that the Dock would be a force and more of a discussion point. But, but they're way ahead of schedule this year. Because as I said, Feels like they haven't played particularly well, but they do have like they've they lost two played, games. They've lost two games still, from eighteen. They still have a lot of league winners in their group. This As is Rory not, pointed out. Yeah, they're not a bunch of kids, you know. Like they, they still have Benson and Hooven and Boyle and you know Slogged Mountains around the place and stuff. So they've got experience, and I think that's probably shown in their in their results. But um, Slogged Rovers is obviously the you know the other major development was Liam Buckley's departure, which um. You know, I I, I I felt like he was going to become vulnerable first, but I didn't think he would leave that quickly, if you know what I mean. I sort of felt Europe would be make or break for him this year. It just so happens he hasn't even got the chance to, to do that. Um, and it, it's a sort of a weird one because he seems to have left unreasonably okay terms. I mean, I'm sure some, some bad feeling will linger just in terms of how it played itself out, but in the sense that, I think while fans may have had reservations about him, I don't think you know he's going to get a bad welcome when he returns there. Totally in the future. not. Like, no, no. I could, I could, I could see why he left and, and all that, but obviously John Russell was part of the regime. Um, I think John Russell bought a house in Castle Bar, which I know at the time was equidistant more or less between Sligo and Galway, thinking he will end up in one of these jobs, and it turned out it was a Sligo job. Then always the Galway angle. Always the Galway angle. Well, I think he, but, I think he will come back to Galway at some stage. But I know there's um I know there's always um mixed feelings on an assistant stepping up to take mm. over from I'm a manager, you know, having previously been part of it. And I, I'm not really sure what happened because I know like Rovers interviewed people, but you kind of wonder, like they probably didn't need to interview John Russell to learn much about him. It's not mm. as if you could have wowed them in an interview. Mm. Um so it sort of makes you wonder like to what extent was the process really about identifying other candidates. You no, know, and they also moved quite quickly. Um now, I mean, I don't know. Like he, he joins your firm of young managers, which is now rapidly, uh, rapidly ex- expanding legal firm. You know, I don't know where he actually slots in. Russell, slots yeah. in. good name. But, but um, I suppose you know he, he must have impressed some people in the background, and maybe he has his plans, and he can be one to take the club forward. He's in tune with a lot of the younger players they have coming through there, um, but. Like he's gonna be under a bit of the pressure in the in the immediate term because 
I don't know what, what type of betting in period he gets because like, Europe is big for them and they need to get going quickly or else they're not going to get back in Europe this year. Well, they, they already have by beating Derry in fairness. Like, so they've they've started off quite well. And No, they have. They have. But I, like, do you feel that they have the squad? that they do? do you feel that like, they're, they're drastically underperforming? No. In terms of their, you know, like they, 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 it seems like they could have played better. But I guess what I'm saying is, do they have like the third best squad in the league? You know, because realistically, you could probably say Rovers and and Derry have the best two squads. Um, so you know, what, what is the expectation for Sligo Rovers? Like, you know, where what's a good season for them? And it's in, this is the thing with Sligo Rovers and Bows and and Pats and Dundalk. Like, they are in this thing where um, whoever comes third might be deemed to have overperformed in some way, and whoever comes sixth will have deemed to have underperformed in some way. Yet, you know, there may not be a massive amount. Uh, of difference in, in in the squads in some ways, you know. But I, mean, I agree. That's a, let's let's go to another uh, yeah west west of Ireland uh, coach, and that's Billy Dennehy and Kerry FC uh, were accepting the club licensing process by the FAI. That was last week, and um, it does seem like a long two weeks since we were on. So in theory, Kerry FC could join the League of Ireland next season as presumably uh, at the moment the tenth team in the first division. We'll hear about the third tier down the line or whatever. I spoke to Billy Dennehy though earlier on today, and um, it was a detailed chat. Um, didn't have time to get into. His playing days, but basically looking to the future and looking to the obstacles and uh, the potential, I suppose, of Kerry FC. Billy Dennehy, how are you? Good, Johnny. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I think a lot of interest in the League of Ireland uh, story last week about Kerry FC potentially joining next year. Obviously, the league crying out for more representation um, across the country. Could you just tell us about this uh, beyond what we've read in the papers, I suppose? Yeah, Johnny, I, I suppose to. To fit, I suppose, five years since I've kind of come back and coached and into a couple of minutes for you. A short overview is that we were, I suppose, at a crossroads in terms of where is the progression for Kerry Soccer in relation to the underage League of Ireland teams. Because over the last six years, the, the under-17s and 19s have been running. Um, and obviously, the, the 14s and 15s as well. But, you know, really, it was coming to the stage where where is the next step now for those lads? Because... Over the years, many many Kerry players have gone out over to the UK. Many players have represented, obviously, Cork City, Cove Ramblers and Treaty um, in recent times. So the kind of questions we're being asked is, is this going to be possible for, for these lads to be able to represent Kerry at League of Ireland level? And look, hopefully that's the step we're looking to take. How realistic is this? I suppose we've had we've had kind of the hardest journey up to now in relation to getting accepted into the licensing process. You know, that was no easy feat. You know, there was... Um, a lot of work going on behind the scenes to even to get to the, the licensing stage. And now it's pretty much continuation of that work, Johnny. You know, there's um, lots of pieces that need to be brought together, but I think the core of that is already in, in place. And now it's a matter of, you know, learning off of clubs that are around us and the support and the outreach from, from a lot of people in clubs has been fantastic. And, and, you know, we're going to need all that support going forward and, you know, hopefully put our best foot forward in relation to the licensing process when the decision needs to be made. And in relation to that, are you confident in that you know you'll be able to reach the standard required in in the I suppose in the space of time that you have if it were realistic for twenty twenty three? Yeah, of course. After pitching the licensing process, you know there's there's a lot of parts there, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And we're confident of of you know working with you know the FEI in terms of the guidelines that they lead out to to try and implement those, you know, and get. The licensing over the line in terms of the the on the pitch side of things obviously that would take a bit of time it'd be a new group going into a level that they never played at before with you know players that have come through the Kerry system and, and you know obviously 
lot of players from the region and the wider region of Kerry, but you know that certainly would take time. But, I, but look, I think over the, the recent years, the younger age groups within Kerry have showed that they can compete against some of the biggest clubs in the country. Um, and you know that would hopefully be the case going forward. But ultimately, Johnny, it's about having something in the community for the younger players to aspire to. Look, I was a lad myself who who moved to England at sixteen, came home after being released with not really any structure or support around in my local region my local area and that continues to this day you know there's lads going over to England coming back being you know at League of Ireland clubs and um, you know coming back from there and there is no real I suppose network around them to, to, to aspire to, to play at a higher level um, and, and you know I think you need to cater for everyone in sport you know obviously recreational level is key to, to people going out and participating on a weekly basis but you also need to provide a platform for players who are striving to you know maybe hopefully make a career for themselves one day in the game and and to me, it would be great if those people could do that in Kerry because that's what I wished for when I was playing also. And how has underage gone? I think you're six or so seasons there and um, you've obviously competed well, but has it shown to you that, you know, I guess the, the ingredients are there for something bigger than underage? Yeah, Johnny, I, I think probably one of those key moments for me was um, a couple of years ago in the under-17 Mark Farron Cup final where we played Bohemians down in Montauk Park and there was a couple of thousand people there on the day. Evan Ferguson played, he scored a hat-trick. Um, and it was a great occasion for the community, for the area, for the players, for the younger players watching. And a lot of the younger players now have come up and I see them playing in the 17s, you know, they're in some of them in the 19 squad now. And that's what it's about, you know, it's about having something in the community that these young players can go and watch and aspire to. Um, you know, the girls' game has been growing fantastically well behind the scenes. A lot of people are doing good work there also. And it's about growing a full club and a full organisation that players can be a part of and, you know, kind of aspire to play at a higher level while representing Kerry, you know, not having to travel to you know, two or three hour car drives a couple of days a week just to train and to games. And I suppose the, the pressure that puts on parents and, and everyone involved. So the idea is to have this platform on their doorstep and then it's all down to the players what they make of it. Well, it's funny. I, I'm doing a piece for the match programme for the, the Kerry Hurler Saturday. I spoke to a fellow about the difficulties in hurling in Kerry and it's in pockets of the north and it's been difficult in Killarney and places like that. But fundamentally, what's it like from a football perspective when obviously Gaelic football is, is king over there? How big is football in Kerry? Yeah, it is, Johnny, you know, and, and rightfully so. You know, Gaelic football is king at the moment because, you know, that's the history and the culture and the tradition that, that we're brought up with down here. I'm very proud of it. You know, I was a Kerry minor myself in 05. Um, you know, and it's 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 um it's great for the area and the community that it is, and that will never change. But you know, it's also providing, you know, an all-inclusive sporting platform for all sports in Kerry. And you know, going back over recent times, the basketball teams here have done really well, you know, and there's lots of kind of sports people across all different sports that are competing at a very high level. It's just obviously in our sport, football or, or soccer, whatever you call it people have had not had the opportunity to do that at senior level. It's just not been there, you know, so the underages are there at the moment, but ultimately where do those players go after 19 has been the question over the last couple of years and, and now we're hoping to have that extra step and have that platform there and not only will it be good for sport, but I think it'd be good for the community and it'd be good for the area because like that, I think I don't think any sports should really be in full competition with each other. It's all about helping each other and supporting each other um, and, and growing the communities that you're involved in. Actually, just on that, like um, I know Kerry fairly well, and Tralee um, would would be sort of the poor relation in some respects in terms of tourism down there, certainly to Killarney. So seemingly something like this in theory could actually help uh, Tralee and local businesses as well, and and the community. Yeah, it would, Johnny, for sure. And and I think the way that obviously League of Ireland is scheduled with the Friday night games, you know, it's it's a um, it's a part of the week that would definitely be 
popular down here to go and support a, a local team playing at a high level and obviously getting to see some of the teams that would be coming down to play. You know, they're all things that people have spoken about in the pubs for years and years, you know, about how great it would be if this could happen and it, would it ever happen, you know, is the question that I've often been asked. And, you know, a couple of years ago when I came back to this, to be honest, and, and you know, you tell people that I, I, I think this is possible. I think Kerry could do this, you know. You see the same look in their eyes as in when you're a young lad and you say you want to be a professional footballer. You know, people kind of give you that look as if, okay, yeah. you're another one. You know, but I, I definitely do believe in the talent that's here. I believe in the area. I believe in, you know, what what we could achieve. Obviously, not going to be not going to be easy and very, very difficult as it has been to date. But ultimately, it's about a community coming together. And, and you know, no matter where you're from, if you're from Chile or Clarny, if you're from rural parts of the county, you know, in the wider region of Glen and Ballyvorney and, and the wider context of, of the area, you know, this this club will be open to absolutely everybody and open to support from everybody because I believe in Ireland that's what's needed to be sustainable. You know, this isn't um, you know, uh, a white horse riding in and, and you know planning the way. This is going to be community based and the support of everyone will be needed and the platform will be be available for everyone. Tell us about Montauk Park then and what scope it would have. Like, could you turn it into a I think, you know, maybe grounds like that where you're, you're starting off something new in terms of League of Ireland, you could maybe need to go as an experience and have like local caterers providing food and making an experience beyond the football. But is, is there scope to do that there? And like, what's the ground like in general? Yeah, I suppose they're all exciting things to talk about, Johnny. When, you know, obviously, if, you know, if, if we were successful, but obviously there's a long road to get to that yet. But if it was, of course, you would have, you know, so many resources that way and, and people that would be. You know, willing to be part of the match day experience at Montauk Park in terms of the facility itself. Um, you know, it hosted the Victory Shield not too long ago. As I said, it's hosted um, the Matt Tran Cup final, you know, so it has the capacity and, and, and the scope to host these kind of events. But obviously, you know, at League of Ireland level, there's certain criteria involved in the licensing process and there's certain things that need to be standardised across the league. So they're the things now that we're kind of working on at the moment to make sure that everything that is aligned to the criteria that's involved in the licensing process. Will people support the club? Will people turn up? Um, I mean, we've seen clubs come and go. Um, ephemeral clubs as well, the likes of Sporting Fingal and Kildare County come to mind and we've lost Kenny City, Monning United to the League of Ireland, so on and so forth. Um, will this be a white elephant or can it work? Yeah, again, you know, they're all, you know, they're all prime examples, I suppose, of of the way football has operated in, in Ireland for, for many, many years. You know, I think in recent times it has gotten an awful lot better in terms of the League of Ireland structures and the setup and I suppose the sustainability that clubs can bring. But I think it's vital that we do look around and we have looked around in terms of the learnings that we can have from both clubs that have, are operating very successfully and, and from obviously clubs that are no longer, I suppose, operating at all. And it is very, very difficult, you know, there's no doubt about it. You know, there's, there's a lot of people needed behind the scenes that do Trojan work that probably don't get the recognition, you know, they deserved. Even like now, you know, I'm, I'm here talking to you, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that have put in phenomenal work for a long, long period of time, a lot longer than me. And that's going to continue to be the case. And I suppose where I'm coming from is my, my obviously experience as a player. I've seen from, from you know, being involved in, in clubs at a lot of different levels is that, you know, if administration, if the administrative side of the club does not align with the football side of the club, you have no chance, no matter what level you're at. So that's kind of my role in this is just making sure that, you know, strategically that the administration side is aligned with the football side and everybody's on the same page. And I think that's where a lot of probably um, clubs fell short in the past. There has been a misalignment on the football side and on, on the administrative side. So, you know, we're hoping here to have everything aligned in the one direction and as difficult it will be, but everyone will be rowing in, 
in the same direction um, and, again, providing that platform for the full community. So who's backing this, Billy, then? I've heard names like Stephen Conway and so forth. Who are the people driving this, um, like yourself? Yeah, so again, I suppose there, Kerry has been obviously an option for a lot of people over the years in terms of, of having this project and, and the, the potential that it has. But from my point of view, and again, it aligned with a lot of the people that have been involved in Kerry here for years, that, you know, this needs to be done in a way that's, you know, made self-sufficient as quickly as possible. And, you know, the, the club cannot have, I suppose, a group coming in and just looking to operate a first team and, and to generate revenue from a first team. This needs to be you know, a group that's looking to build from really the ground up, you know, and that will obviously mean sacrificing, you know, obviously probably results early on in, in the first team, you know, to kind of build that base. But that's kind of the decision that has been made, you know, that the foundation of this has to be, you know, has to be first and foremost, and that takes time to build. I think a lot of work has gone on with the underage that has gone on here. Um, and the guys coming in, you know, Stephen is, is a truly lad. He's living in America for you know, 10 years now, roughly, I think. So he's over there coaching and, and working as a full-time coach. And Brian Ainscoff is the CEO of the club that Stephen works for. So um, he's another Irishman. So they're, they're fully aware of the area. And I suppose, the, I suppose the opportunity in providing this for the players, you know, it's never been there before. It's never happened before. And, and you know, they're excited about it, but also aligned in the way that Kerry needs it to be done. And, and I think that's the great thing about this whole, this whole partnership. Yeah, I would have made the point, I think, that there's never been a better time or, or at least a less bad time to get involved in, in a League of Ireland club because of Brexit and so on. Now, I've said that before, um, obviously the cost of fuel <laughs> doubled and anyone in Kerry who's uh, trying to plan a bus to anywhere has to pay more. But sorry, my point fundamentally is how feasible is this to run this club without like losing your balls and basically like, um, you know, being in massive debt and struggling to get it off the ground. So how feasible is it to run it successfully? in a commercial sense? Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. Johnny, you know, as I said, you need to try to become self-sufficient as quickly as possible. And, um, you know, the licensing process is very, very good that way. You know, the information that you need to have, you need to give, the preparation you need to, I suppose, have in, in before even being accepted into the licensing process, you know, it's, it's, it's very good, you know, because it kind of does prepare you for those questions that you asked, you know, is are you going to be you know, feasible to, to operate the underage teams and the first team. And, you know, there are obviously questions that have gone on for months and months behind the scenes to make sure, was this even possible? But, you know, when we came to the conclusion that it is, then, you know, that obviously excited everybody. But, you know, going forward, there's no doubt about it that, you know, every Irish club is operating differently to, you know, any elite club around Europe. You know, this isn't, you know, an organisation that's got multiple full-time staff. You know, this is going to be you know, amateur based, you know, it's going to be hoping to grow in the medium to short term. Um, and then obviously as time goes on, if things are developing and things are progressing, you know, you might be able to transition that into part time. But ultimately it will be baby, baby steps, you know, and, and trying to grow and learn off of everybody, clubs that are around Ireland, you know, reaching out to them for help and support and the guidance that experience that they've had. And that's the way we'll operate. You know, we'll be very much so open to everybody in terms of the learnings we can give in, in for the club and the players going forward. I have a couple of questions here for you with that we just got on Twitter. One is from Tony Daly. He says, is it the first division they have in mind? Will they bring in players or rely on local talent? Yes, it's the first division we have in mind. Johnny so obviously there, there you know, there is a third tier um meant to be coming in. Um, but no, it's it's a first division license that's that we're we're applying for, that we're in the licensing process of. Um and again in, in relation to players, we'll 
we'd be more than welcome to sign if you bring a few players down from from Rovers and Pats and the Dock and all these clubs that are willing to come down here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't think that would be feasible at this moment in time. So that will obviously dictate our recruitment process. You know, um, you know, we're not going to be operating at a professional level or anything like that. So that will that will dictate, as I said, our recruitment process. So it will be very much so the, the Kerry region and the wider region of Kerry that we will be recruiting from. And as we've seen already, the players are there. Going back a couple of years ago, treat the United squad together in three weeks and look how they done. So, you know, there there is talent in the area. Yeah, you know, there is there is talent in the area. There always has been, you know, it's just obviously the platforms and, and the you know the clubs and the structure in the clubs, you know, needs to provide the players with the right opportunities as well. And, and you know, obviously you might be able to financially you know pay them the likes of you know what the big big clubs in Ireland are paying them, but you can still provide other avenues like education and support networks around the player to help them, you know help their career off the pitch as well as giving them the platform to play on the pitch. Jason Shannon, who's the best Kerry player in the league and why is it Matt Keane? I think his boys might be shining through there. Yeah, Matt's done really well since he's come in and that's a nice little story. You know, Matt probably could have been playing in, in Kerry Football Club for the last 10 years if it was here for him. You know, but it wasn't. And, and obviously, you know, he didn't get the opportunity until Treaty had to pull a squad together at short notice and he's gone out there and, you know, been one of the, the best players in the first division you know, over the last, you know, short time in it. So, um, Matt's certainly up there. Obviously, you've Gary O'Neill at Rovers, um, who's doing really well. Not um, bad either. Other, yeah, no, and other than that, there's not too many. There's um, Carl Fitzgerald up in, up in Sligo. He's obviously, Carl O'Sullivan, sorry, he's up in Sligo. So, he's Glynn, just outside Kerry, but, yep. you know, he's, he's close enough. Um, yeah, it's a few. How how will the club be structured? Will it be members owned? Will it be separate entity to the KDL? That's from Gavin O'Connor. Yeah, so it, it's a separate entity to the KDL, um, which it has to be. Obviously, the license process you have to be, you know, an independent entity for, for the license process. So, um, that was the you know the decision making behind there. So it will be a new club, but operating in partnership with the KDL. Also, they're obviously you know a key stakeholder, and and that's the way I think again with the with the with the Guys, US, they were very, very open to that as well and having it like a partnership. So everything is going to continue pretty much the same in the underage team. So the players and the environment, the training schedules, the match schedules, all of those things will, will remain the same. So um, it's a separate entity, but, but definitely a partnership. Uh, the Jessica Fletcher fan account. How many games will the Healy Rays attend next season? That's probably the best question <laughs> of the lot. <laughs> Good question. I'd like to know that myself. So hopefully at the end of the season, I can come back on and I can let you know how many. <laughs> I presume David Clifford will be like one of the first signings or at the very least linked with the club yeah and his brother Paul he's not bad either um, <laughs> no and, and David went to the Kennedy Cup I think years ago yeah, he was um, a good soccer player wasn't he you know playing soccer yeah very good and a lot of the skills transfer over but again look these are these are definitely things Johnny, that were you know going to be promoted within within our club is that you know these heroes of Gaelic football David and Paulie and these lads that's great it's great for the area they're great for the community and we just want to create some in our sport, in our game, you know, that there's one or two lads that younger players and what they're doing for Kerry, Jersey, no matter what Jersey it's in, it's great for the bigger picture of, as I said, the area and the community. And, and that's key for, you know, for the long term. As well as that, Billy, like, uh, basically Kerry is my, my favourite place in the world. Wouldn't be bad for an old away trip either. Good man, no, Johnny, for sure, it'd be great for an away trip. You come down here, there's plenty of nice hotels, nice restaurants, nice bars, 
and the Munster Banchley is a very good one. Feel free to to visit there anytime. Um, but no, look, it, it's a great COVID. I think in the lockdown when when staycations were when staycations were the thing. You know, Kerry was one of the I, I think the biggest destinations for people to visit. So that kind of tells you its own story that people enjoy coming down here, and we want to make the club the same way that you know the club will be operating for ninety minutes to win matches. There's no doubt about that across all the levels. You know, for 90 minutes, you know, the players are out there to compete and to win. But, you know, outside of that, the club wants to be, you know, inclusive of everyone in terms of the, the relationships we build with other clubs, the relationships we build with leagues, the relationships we build with. That would be very important for the long-term um, sustainability of the club as well, you know, that you're creating these partnerships and relationships going forward. And, again, they're to the benefit of, of more than just the sport, which, which is key, really, I think. Just one more question from Kevin O'Hurley on Instagram. With the new third tier, does he think that every county should have a representative in the National League? Again, that's probably an individual decision need to be made. I think if you if you go if you look at Kerry ten years ago or so, you know the decision probably would have been you know people that have been involved for a long, long time. It's just now ultimately the time and has come that you know the four underage teams are there. You know, the senior step the last is the last piece of the puzzle, but the pieces off of the pitch have also had experience over the last number of years of running the underage teams, and I suppose what's needed in a, an admin side, and you know, lots of different things have tied together for this time. And so, I suppose what I would say is that every county is, is unique where they're at at a certain time frame, and for us, just the timing is good at the moment. Just finally, so Billy, how feasible is it that Kerry FC are playing against? Uh... Whoever it is, if it's Longford Town, Wexford, even Galway United, or Cork City, or Waterford in the first division in 2023. Oh, we we take Shamrock Rovers in the cups down here, no problem as well. That'd be a nice one. Happy um, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but look, it, it, it's obviously that's the dream, Johnny. That's that's the goal here. Um, we know how difficult it is. You know, as I said, I, I'm you know on the pitch you know, side of things, but even being involved in, in this after-pitch process for the last couple of months, I realised how difficult it's been, how challenging it's been, and the people have been great, you know, they've been putting in that, that work behind the scenes and that'll continue to be the case, and ultimately then it will come down to, you know, the, the licensing, decision-making process, whatever way they have that in place, you know, that'll be that'll be the ultimate outcome of it, but, you know, we will definitely be working as hard as we can to make it possible, and, you know, again, we welcome support from everybody, we welcome support from you know, anyone who'd like to help us on the journey and um, to get in there. So we're still in limbo at the moment. We're obviously in the, the application phase. And, um, you know, hopefully when, when the time comes, we'll, we'll um, get accepted. That will be the ultimate goal, but there's a long way to get there yet. Dan, this is, a, this is a, I think, something to be welcomed in, 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 uh, in every way, really, if it were to happen. You know, um, it, I, I was making the point, I was in Monaghan recently. I hadn't been to Monaghan in years. And I was like, geez, Monaghan's actually a lovely town. It's a great away trip. Whatever about Monaghan, I mean, Kerry would be, uh, people would love to go to Kerry to watch football, but to develop a club from the underage that they've done in the Southwest and playing for Lee, the ground is already there, Montauk Park, um, and and join the league as a Kerry club, take on Cork and Limerick and Derby games as well, but just to represent a black hole of football in the in the Southwest. I mean, I, I think this is very positive on paper. Yeah, it's weird. I, I was in Armenia when this story broke. Um, I was actually in the Irish team hotel, just ready for a press conference when it started to come through, you know, and I was a little bit of chat about it. So we were around sort of FEI heads, if you know what I mean, when this was all coming out. And it does feel like one of these things where 
we've been speaking about it for years to the point where uh, we should do this. You know, we'd love this. And, you know, it's like people have aspirational things that they always talk about. But do they ever believe that they're ever going to come to pass? And yet now this is something that is very much happening. And I mean, the fact that the, the SSC Artistry League account uh, was tweeting this very excited about it. I think the FBI mm. account was getting involved too. I know the licensing process is, of course, independent. But I would be astonished if Kerry don't get the first division place next year. I would say there are a hundred to one on shot to be in the first division next year because there's no way they go through. Like, you weren't seeing Irish CFCs licensing application being pushed off the uh, SSC or Tristy League account when whatever sort of a uh, weird sort of a uh, stump stuff they were pumping out, or or even the Yola FC or when Pat O'Sullivan and Limerick decides we might come back uh, in some shape or form. We don't see the SSC Artistry League account excitedly tweeting that. Yeah. But the fact that they were involved in this one suggests to me that this is... Um, uh, I would say it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not happening. It's not a speculative entry. That's an absolute yeah, certainty. And, and Stephen and Brian, um, who you know were mentioned there, they do seem to have obviously impressed whoever they were talking to uh, in the FEI, but you just don't want to be another Kildare County, Dan. You don't want to be one of these things that like is looked upon kind of almost like tragic comic uh, you know, reflection on, yeah. on a club that never took off because like Kerry's a complex place in terms of sport. It's Gaelic football and everything else. Like so they've a lot of you know a lot of pockets of basketball, little pockets of hurling. I don't know. I mean there I think there are two Kerry players, maybe three in the League of Ireland as you referenced. It's not a lot. Um, so we'll see. They've done okay at underage. It's very difficult. Traveling would be a big, a big issue. Fuel costs, stuff like that. But I do make the point. It's a good time to get involved in football in this country because if you have underage players, um, you can develop them and sell them on, like was not the case before. And you know, Tralee as well. Like there is, it's, it's, it, there's a big urban base there in Tralee alone to get people to support them. And I wish them the best. Presuming it happens. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I, you probably touched on some of those points in your interview with Billy already. Like, um, you know, you can die wondering or you can try it. So, like, you have to yeah. try it. I mean, I did find myself in recent weeks, you know, I think in a newsletter at one point that would you nearly be better in some ways if it was, you know, Trilly FC or something or the Trilly Dynamo's name or something? Because, you know, the broad identity, people still end up associating you with Tralee anyway. But, so I've been thinking about this, though. Um, you need young players from Kerry to play for them and get their families involved. And that's what you need to do. Like, And that's one of the great but, things but about the underage. If so many more people involved in the club day to day, where hopefully it is a community. And I would say try to run the games there as an experience. Like, don't, because like League of Ireland First Division games can be pretty grim. Make it a, something that people like to do and make it something that people in Kerry actually do want to support. And I mean Kerry, not just Tralee, because massive base in Killarney as well for people hopefully to get involved and support them yeah but I think the thing is as you said this is what I was thinking about just didn't get to finish that point that um, previous in, incarnations like Kildare County and, and Monaghan you know I know Monaghan have always actually had decent underage football but still like the underage leagues are massive like there's no doubt that they're mm. playing a huge role in the increasing attendances around the league because mm. all of a sudden you have parents of all sorts of teams that, and I know this was possibly the model with Cabin TD too right but that just didn't didn't work for whatever reason and it is true like the first division is not glamorous and this is always my point that teams come into the League of Ireland and there's a danger of immediately seeing the worst of it you know what I mean rather than the good side of it um, and that's why you're like you're, you're hoping again in the same way that the licensing process is independent, um, that whatever, um, that 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 the independent fixture computer next year, 
um, doesn't doesn't have a situation where whichever one of you know Galway, Cork, Waterford doesn't go up, or if two of them don't go up, or whatever be the playoff, that they get one of them down there early on a Friday as opposed to a Monday or something and some mm. refix. You know, and you, you try and, and get it going early. And um, I think Benny made a good point. I mean, basketball is well supported there. Um, there is a sort of a, you know, some very talented, like underage footballers in the area. There always has been. I know you said there's only a handful in the League of Ireland and that's fair enough. But you look at it, the likes of uh, Shane McLaughlin is playing in England um, from Kerry. Um, you've got Dermot O'Carroll from Kerry who's, who's played but is, is involved in, in, in sort of coaching now, he's just, I think he's up in Scotland now, isn't he? Haven't been at Morecambe. Um, so they're, the other thing they're, is they get massive. So many tourists visit Kerry. It is absolutely ridiculous. So during the tour, this tourism season, if they even vaguely tap into that, that there's a soccer game on here. You know well, what I, I mean? Don't, I, yeah, I think I, I don't think you can. You know, I, I see your point, but you, you don't want to sort of run before you. You know, you can walk. Mm. I think the main thing is to establish that core of people because, but they are going to be. The, the point that Billy makes is about sacrificing results a bit or that results may be disappointing in the early days. So you have to get the balance right between building it up too much, but also trying to build it from foundations. Like what you don't want is is a massive fanfare early doors. Then you get turned over 5-0 and people go, that's another shot, you know? Mm. So their messaging and how they communicate what they are and what they're trying to do is going to be really important in that early stage. And that's probably why they'll have a, you know, a, a, an amateur, maybe local team, and it is this. This is platforming carry players. So, is that the time they want to get the tourists in? Because it could be un, you know, like that can be very underwhelming for them if the team is is finding its way. You know, so there's 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 a happy medium to be found somewhere in between the two, um, Johnny. I think I think maybe like as well, the tourist angle might more so be the novelty is that it attracts a couple of hundred Waterford fans or whoever it might be to go mm. down, rather than like getting people who are coming to Killarney or something to go to the game. I think that's that's down the line, you know. I think you, you, they, they, they need to put the foundation there first. But I, I, we've talked about this for years, like the footprint. Like if Kerry come on board, this map of the country that isn't represented all of a sudden, it's like when you tick off countries you've visited in Europe in this mm. map, and then you realise that a lot of countries in Europe are actually tiny. But then you're like, you've gone to Russia and all of a sudden it looks like you've been to half of Europe. Because like you know, it all it all goes green, you know, with your ticket. So like Kerry does take a considerable part of the, the, the it fills the gaps. And I know you mentioned that I think we might have had some audio issues with it. You had a question, should every county have one? Um and, and that's obviously you know aspirational. But what it does do, I think, the Kerry one is that it it, it it's almost a testing of the theory. It's a template. For, it's a template. For, for Mayo and Mayo mm. and people and I think in the third tier, I'm not sure if the third tier major. I think Monaghan will eventually come back. I think the Kilkenny team will probably Kildare, eventually Kildare will come be back. Into. I think a Kildare, Kildare team will happen too. But I think, you know, coming back is one thing. I think um, going somewhere new is another. Um, like Wexford have even struggled with identity. I actually don't know where where Talk Park is. Is it central in Tralee? Like, but it, it interests me that Billy mentioned that a good crowd that underage final, like even Wexford, where they are, it's a couple of it's a bit Lots outside town, yeah, totally. You know, totally, yeah. the location is, is very important. And I know as well, like the link with the local league question was asked, I think that's probably an intelligent question because I think you know, um, uh, at times I think there's been a mixed relationship between some people who play football and carry and the admin down there, and 
you obviously want, you want to make sure that this doesn't get bogged down in personality politics uh, as well too. But um, it's very interesting. Now, uh, to, to get to our quiz question, um, um, well, I'll ask this week's question first because just when we're on the, on the mind, we're on the subject. The question is for this week to get your entries into LOI Central Pod on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, can you name the carryman who scored the winning penalty in a in a Viva Stadium FBI Cup final shootout? It's not a hard question, but you know it's topical. So can you name the carryman who in an Aviva shootout has scored the winning penalty? That Last week two weeks ago, the question was, as you said, it related to a, a current League of Ireland manager who, who could have gone to the World Cup. That was Colin Healy. And the winner of our prize, Johnny, was? Mark Murphy, as voted for uh, by you. You picked a number randomly, and it was Mark Murphy. Congratulations, Mark. I didn't vote for him. Just to be clear, we do not have an election um, yeah. for this. Winner. That's going to add further claims of impropriety. Let's go for an express mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. What have we got? Very- yeah. What have we got in the mailbag, Dan? Well, this actually goes back to two weeks ago. Uh, we had probably more so aimed at you about the first division situation. Are Waterford out of the title race? This no. is first. Do you think Waterford are back in the first division title race? I know a new Galway played bad football and hoop ball, but Cork aren't much better. Can Galway keep getting so many set piece goals and Cork gets so many long range goals? I don't think so. I think Waterford will go close. What's no, I, I agree with that. And like their form since um, the change of manager would have them right up there. And it's, it's true. Cork didn't actually play much football in Galway, but they got an unbelievable goal. That did enough. And the gap is such that, yeah, I, I think Waterford is still in the race. And John Coffey said the same before the match and he doesn't think any differently now. D- uh, Donald Dowling, why do all League of Ireland interviews include a question about the standard of the league, whether it's better now than previous generations? I don't know, Dan. It must be... Complete insecurity, actually, but I think the standard, I think the standard is very high at the moment. Um, but maybe it's just that I like that the fact that it's prettier football, and you know, I, I was at the Bow Sligo game recently, and I was like, well, Jesus, these, 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 neither of these teams is up to much, and they're kind of fighting for Europe. So, yeah, I don't know why. I think some people, well, actually, a lot of people think, oh, I was back in the days of Wes Hula, and some people would say the Dundalk team of Stephen Kenny's era, so on and so forth. So maybe that's why I was asking it. I, I just think I think it's because we're constantly selling the league in some mm. respects. I think it's it's a default. That is, you know, do people on a I don't know a, a league on like you know podcast or something in France or even a you know the, the Norwegian league or established leagues? Do they spend all their time talking about how good is the league at the moment? I mean, maybe to some degree, there's always be a discussion about where does our league stand. But I think it's more so in Ireland because we are we are constantly selling, um, and you would love to reach that point of security where you don't. You don't have to discuss that, but it, to me, like it always feels like you're sort of working for a national newspaper, even where there's a just sort of you know it, it can sometimes be the poor relation in the context of uh, battling for space, you know, and you're trying to change that. You sort of have to stress, well, you know, such and such says the league's as good as it ever as it's ever been, or something, or crowds are up X percent, and you know, it, it can be helpful, but I, I take the point. Peter Fitzpatrick asked, uh, did the suit fit, Johnny? I think we've already dealt with that question already. I mean, they, they can check out Instagram to see. You're, oh, you're very geez. happy. With- it, it was, it was uh, yeah, my hard work over the preceding three weeks really paid off and uh, it did fit. But it, I got a lot of compliments about the suit. So uh, fair play to uh-huh. Colin Cuff for turning, uh, you know, something into something. 
And we had another question. Our last one was, I, I actually don't have who asked it at the moment, but was, was it the result that sent Alex Murphy packing? Was the goal we defeat? That was it. Alex was like, get me out of here. This club, uh, this club isn't getting any Saudi money. This club isn't getting promoted. Take me to Newcastle. Where's They're on the way up on Saudi money. Well, seriously though, like, I mean, the Gray McDowell thing, I mean, this is an absolute car crash. It was McDowell's performance oh, today. Seriously. It was like... absolutely extraordinary. But like you said, um, if we can help the Saudis get to where they want to be, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like he's equating a human rights struggle with a team in the championship. Yeah. Trying to get it was like, you know, we, oh we want to take this club to where this club is. A, but Saudi is like a sleeping giant, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's an awake giant that you know that cuts up people. You know, but I've never, I've never hated golf more, and I, I don't like golf, but like, I'm so glad that golfers are showing themselves to be the like stuck up their own hole. Well, money, well, money grabbing was, idiots that they want to be. But the fact that the but, Saudi but, money has eventually but, come but, to Galway United is mad. It's so mad. But well, you, know, you say that about golfers, but I mean, isn't it, man? I mean, this is not a golf podcast, but um, the, the 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 fellow who gets the most stick in Ireland um, as actually is probably the most together of them all, which is Rory. Totally, to Rory. he's been so, uh, he's been excellent on this issue, and uh, but you know he doesn't wave a flag sometimes enough, but he's probably. Um, He's probably sounder than all, all the other Irish ones, in my um, team. Fixtures anyway. this weekend, Dan, um, in the first division at Lone Town. We haven't mentioned James Talbot's call-up, but it's obviously mm. uh, contention for some people. But, I mean, we still, it's good to have a league-wide player in the squad. Uh, but no, so no Premier Division games now, an extended break. I kind of wonder, like, was there a lot of players? I saw Richie Towles' wedding was in um, yeah. uh, Spain. There a lot of players at that. I kind of wonder, like, you know, was there any Bose players on the holidays who then see their game called off and they do the old text? It was like, is there any chance we can change our flights and, and come back? But uh, I think there's a couple of preseason friendlies on the agenda. So I, I think everyone will be back at it this week. You can't sort of, you know, extend their holiday. But what's going on? Because there's even a first division game off because Cork is David Harrington's with the 21. So yeah, what sorry, just, just to mention on him, I thought he was very, very good in the game in Galway. He didn't necessarily have that many saves to make, but he was so commanding in the air. And he, like he, the body language of a goalkeeper that was really, really confident in what he was doing. I was very impressed with him. Obviously bred for the job uh, at Lone Town Cove, Wexford Treaty, Longford Town Bray. So let's be honest, it's a fairly low key uh, round of games. None of the top three uh, in action, but that is the first vision fixture of the weekend. Dan, and now I have to go off for a meal in Conseil. Go and enjoy your 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 meal. It's a it's a lovely part of the world, Johnny. You know, it's it's. You, you, I, I I like the fact that 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 post COVID, you're still doing a bit of staycationing. You know, your carbon mm. footprint hasn't gone that much out of control because we did have a few mailbag comments about climate change, and really, I don't want to be flippantly joking about your climate change status and then been played back to us in 20 years when we're like floating on the edge of the ocean or something somewhere and go I wish I hadn't taken the piss out of Johnny um, but we obviously had a few comments about that and, and it's good that you're only you're only using a a, a motor vehicle to go all the way down to uh, drive around the, the, the south of Ireland I, I did bring the bike as well but it hasn't left the boot yet yeah it's the car is it yeah, it's a hybrid car as well. So, um, yeah, oh. I mean, what, what, what more do you want? Dan, it's been great to see you again, if, if only um, through the old Zoom medium. We haven't seen each other in ages, Johnny. It's mm. like, I mean, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's, it's absence makes the heart grow fonder, they say. They do, yeah. What, whatever about that. I'll be in Poland next week, so I think it'll be it'll be a remote recording next week in some shape or form. Um, but, uh, and the week after, we might just be back in person, Johnny. We'll Beautiful. Be back. 
Lovely to see you. And uh, that was LOI Central. And thanks to Billy Dennehy for giving us uh, the A to Z, as it were, of uh, Kerry FC. We'll be back next week.